go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. And you're listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus, and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 14 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. You can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostolate dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.org. Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. Leslie and I want to welcome those listeners who are joining us for the first time today. In our broadcasts, we look at the sacred scripture, excerpts from the catechism, the lives of our saints, and the teaching of the church as we seek to challenge individuals, families, and local parishes to rebuild and renew the Catholic faith here in America. Well, last week, Peter and I began to share what we believe is another important truth that needs to be rebuilt and restored in individuals, ourselves included, right, Peter? Amen to that. Families and parishes, and that is the type of prayers called intercession. We learned what intercession is and how it literally means to stand in the gap for someone. We also discussed how two powerful Old Testament hero, heroes, Abraham and Moses, modeled intercession and how this played a critical role in their leadership and the history of God's people. They stood in the gap for the people when they were in disobedience and rebellion and interceded for God's mercy. Peter, we also learned that Jesus, in addition to being our good shepherd and our Lord and Savior, is also a great intercessor on our behalf. Yes, Leslie, those two great Old Testament saints led us to what I call the great intercessor. And I think it would be great if we took a moment to review for our listeners the ministry of intercession in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, intercession was one of the great marks of the ministry of Jesus. In chapter 53 of Isaiah, it describes his atoning work on the cross. And in verse 12, which includes intercession, and it says this, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So we need to think about Jesus as our intercessor. Yes. So these four things recorded about Jesus in Isaiah are first, he poured out his soul to death. Leviticus 17 tells us, Leslie, that the soul of all flesh is in the blood. So Jesus poured out his soul to death when he poured out his blood. Secondly, he was numbered with the transgressors. And remember, he was crucified with those two thieves. Thirdly, he bore the sin of many, Isaiah said. He became a sin offering for all of us. And then fourthly, he made intercession for the transgressors. 
So think about it. As you're meditating on Jesus, as he was hanging on the cross, we often just focus on the fact that he was bearing our sins. Mm -hmm. But at the same time he was bearing our sins, he was interceding for us. Mm -hmm. He prayed this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's a prayer of intercession. He was saying, the judgment that is due them, let it come on me. And it did. Yes, Leslie. And if we study the life and ministry of Jesus, we arrive at a rather interesting comparison. He spent 30 years in obscurity, of course, in the perfect family life, three and a half years in dramatic public ministry, and now nearly 2,000 years in intercession, unseen by our natural eye, of course. Since ascending, he's been interceding for us before the Father. In fact, Hebrews chapter 7 speaks of Jesus after his death, resurrection, and ascension. And we're told that Jesus is our high priest at God's right hand now. And because he has an unchangeable priesthood, one that never passes from him, it says in Hebrews, he is able for all time, please note that, for all time, to save those who draw near to God through him, since he always, note that, always lives to make intercession for them. That is such a powerful scripture and just a beautiful insight into the risen Christ and the fact that he is there for us for all time. He's interceding for us before God. I mean, that gives us a lot of hope. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. So the final question we talked about last week is why? Why does Jesus intercede for you and me and become our example of intercession? So first of all, Jesus shows great kindness in coming down to our level as a man. St. Thomas Aquinas tells us this, Leslie. The apostle shows the excellence of Christ's kindness when he says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Even though Christ is so powerful and lofty, nevertheless, Aquinas says, along with these qualities, he is also kind because he intercedes for us. As St. John says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Now, secondly, and most amazingly, he prays for us to satisfy that burning desire of his soul, of his sacred heart. Aquinas again goes on and says, he prays for us to express that great desire of his most holy soul, which he has for our happiness and salvation, and it is with this desiring soul that he prays for us. Well, we recall last week what Mother Teresa said, and she said when Jesus was on the cross and said, I thirst, she believes he was saying that he was thirsting for souls. Think of this. This is Jesus' sacred heart burning with a desire for us. Mm -hmm. He's there before the throne of God, and he's praying for everything we need for our eternal happiness. Yes. And now thirdly and lastly, Jesus embraced our humanity and took on a life of humility, didn't he, on earth, and he continues this very human work of intercession, even though he's the one who grants the prayers along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. It's a great mystery. We don't understand it, but he is interceding for us. Well, I went back and read Hebrews 4.15, Peter, where it says Jesus is a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses, and that's why he can intercede for us, because he has been tested like us, yet without sin. Yeah, that's a beautiful thought. Well, truly, he is a model for us to follow, and we actually see him praying and interceding all throughout the Gospels. 
So amazingly, Leslie, I, I looked this up, and there's 38 different scripture passages in the Gospels that show Jesus was praying for us. And I want to just mention a few of those that where Jesus prayed that we, I think, will recall in the Gospels. First of all, he prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning before heading to Galilee. He prayed after healing people. He prayed all night before choosing his 12 disciples. We've emphasized that a few times here on our program. He prayed while speaking to the Jewish leaders. He prayed by giving thanks to the Father before feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000 as well. This is interesting. Before he walked on water, Leslie, he was praying and then looked out on the Sea of Galilee and saw his disciples struggling. He was at prayer at that time. He prayed while healing a deaf and a mute man in the Scripture. And he gave thanks to the Father before feeding 5,000. I think very importantly, as you mentioned, he prayed when he was on the cross. Okay, listeners, we're going to take a short break now. And when we return, Peter, we want you to share with us the perfect place where we can learn how to be an intercessor. So you please stay with us. You don't want to miss this. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. There are three kinds of cars. New cars, used cars, and then those other cars. You know, the ones that are probably best off if they were donated to Catholic Radio Indy. If you've got one of those cars, it's simple and easy to donate them. We'll even tow it away for you. Just visit our website, catholicradioindy.org, and click on the Donate Your Car button. Or you can call us at 317-870-8400, and we can get the process going for you. Keeping you connected to everything Catholic. We are Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. And today we are discussing how Jesus is the model of what it means to be an intercessor. St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2, 1, that we too are called to intercession. He says, first of all, then I ask that supplications, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings be offered for everyone. So see, we're all called to pray and intercede. And Leslie, when Paul uses that word intercession there, it's a powerful word in the Greek. The Greek word is en to kiss, which means in the Greek, a word for intercession, and its meaning is to chance upon, to have an audience with a king, and to have good fortune to be admitted to an audience with the king to present a petition. It was constantly used for any writing addressed to the king. Now that's so powerful to think that, that when we intercede, when we go intercede, we automatically, as Catholic believers, have been invited to be a part of an audience where the king is about to listen to us. Well, some Christians are given to intercession, having received this as a charism, a gift of the Holy Spirit. But all of us are exhorted to practice intercession in our daily walk and prayer life with Jesus. Peter, where do you believe is the perfect place to learn how to intercede, how to pray a prayer of intercession, and what should we focus on? Well, Leslie, I want to introduce our listeners to what I believe is a real jewel, a treasure to be found in sacred scripture. And that is in John chapter 17, the Gospel of John, the Holy Spirit removes the veil and records through St. John the high priestly intercessory prayer of our Lord Jesus. 
There we discover the heart of our Lord for his followers and what he thought was important to pray for followers. That includes his disciples throughout history. That's you and me. So we want to read some of those excerpts together out of the scripture and gain insight from Jesus about what's important to intercede for when it comes to our intercessions, praying for others. Now, first of all, when we look at John 17, Jesus says this, this is eternal life, that they might know you, Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. So Jesus starts right from the beginning with an overarching theme, and that is that most importantly in Jesus' heart, in his burden, that we would know the Father and his Son. This is the overarching prayer that we should have for everyone when we pray for others, that having this personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ is eternal life, and it really is the starting point for all intercessions when we have a burden for others, Leslie. Well, Peter, after Jesus makes this overarching petition for all followers, which we should also be praying, what are some of his other burdens in his prayer? Okay, so we I want to look at a few of these excerpts from John 17 and listen to what Jesus says. He said, I glorified you, Father, on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. He said, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. So here, like Jesus, Leslie, we want to pray that others would accomplish the work that he gave them to do. And it's through spiritual gifts and through ministering and serving the Lord that we really glorify the Lord. And that was an intercessory prayer burden that Jesus had for his followers. Right. So we can be praying for our leaders in the church, our our pastors and priests, that they would accomplish the work that Jesus gave them to do, but also our family members, our sons and daughters, that they would fulfill their calling. Yes. Jesus goes on and he says, and they have kept your word for the words that you gave me I've given to them, and they receive them. So like Jesus, when we pray for others, we should pray that they grow in God's Word and in the Scripture, and that they have a love for the Word, because we know that's where we are fed and have life. And we can, we can pray for those that we are caring about, that the Word would become a lamp to their feet, that they get into the Word. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. This reminded me when Jesus was praying that for us and his disciples, that we need to pray for others, that they would believe what it says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He wanted his followers to know the great gift that the Father has given in and through Jesus Christ. And we can definitely pray that for our loved ones and those that we know are lost and still haven't found Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yes. Next, Jesus says, Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me. Now, here we understand the power that's in the name, and the name that God has given us in Jesus is the name that even Philippians teaches us that at the end of time every knee shall bow and every tongue confess the name of Jesus. So when we're praying for others, Leslie, we can pray that others would know the power that is in the name of Jesus concerning the circumstances that they're dealing with in their life. Next, Jesus said that they may be one 
even as we are one, a burden for intercession is to break down the divisions in families, churches, and cultures. Jesus is praying for our unity. We've mentioned before that there are 57 one another verses in the New Testament, and we can't live those one another verses unless we're united with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And and we know some families um, that we are praying for that have been really racked with division and separation in their families, and we have been praying for God's healing in that area. Yes. Jesus went on to say, and I love this part of his intercession, I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition. So the scripture would be fulfilled. So in our prayers, when we pray for others in our intercessions, we should pray for the Lord's protection, just as he told his disciples in his prayer to the Father that he was guarding them. Jesus wants to guard all of us, and we can pray that he guard others that we're praying for. Right, and we pray over our family daily, and we've been doing that for years. Yes, including our grandchildren. Now our grandchildren for God's safety. Yeah, amen. Jesus went on and said, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. He's praying to the Father that his apostles and disciples would have joy. So like Jesus, we need to pray for the joy of the Lord that would be the strength of those that we're praying for in intercession. And finally, we see here, Leslie, that Jesus is saying that as we follow him, we need God's protection in the midst of being persecuted. The closer we get to Jesus, the, it could be very well that we'll be persecuted as well. Okay, and the next one is, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. And Peter, I think this is a really important one, because we need to pray that God would protect all of those that we love against Satan and his devices. And the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel is a really, really important prayer. I love that when we're in parishes and and the Mass, when it's ended, they pray that pray of St. Michael. Okay, well, we're going to take another break now, and when we return, we want to look at some practical tools on how we can put into practice the call to become an intercessor, so please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood, in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. If it wasn't for you all, I I don't know what I would do. Catholic Radio Indy. What an absolute blessing you are. This is Catholic Radio Indy. We couldn't do it without your support. This station is listener supported. If you are one of our regular donors, thank you very much. If you haven't joined our family of donors yet, visit CatholicRadioIndy.org or call us at 317-870-8400. An interview with Father Trenton Rauch and his story on how Catholic Radio influenced his vocation. I was not struck uh, by lightning and knocked off my horse. I had a lot of time driving in the car listening to the radio, and I just got to a point where I would prefer to listen to something that would be intellectually stimulating. And um, at the same time, I was learning about the faith, particularly the apologetics. Catholic Radio, building faith, building vocations. You're listening to the radio program, Go Rebuild My Church, and today we are discussing the need to rebuild the ministry of intercession in our Catholic faith and culture. 
We know there's some great intercessors out there, but we're calling for more, aren't we, Peter? Mm -hmm. Well, we've shared that Jesus Christ is the perfect intercessor, and he modeled intercession in his high priestly prayer in John 17. And we just covered many of those things in that prayer that we can really embrace as part of our intercessory prayer for the world and others. Well, amazingly, he continues to intercede for us now in heaven. So, Peter, how can we as Catholic disciples practically become intercessors? What are some practical tips? Yeah, I think it's very important that we get down to practice, Leslie, on praying and becoming an intercessor. So let's look at kind of a toolbox that helps us enter into this ministry of intercession. Okay, well, you assign me the very first one, and that is to make time for private devotions every day, preferably in your waking hour. Now, this is something, this is one of the very, very first things I learned in college when I came to devote my life and dedicate my life to the Lord, and that was to have a quiet time. That's what we used to call it, a quiet time. Mm -hmm. And for me, I devote the very first hour of the day to seeking the Lord and spending time with Him in prayer. And I really believe this is a a critical part of being a good disciple. Yes. Secondly, Leslie, uh, we need to make sacred scripture the basis of our intercessions. Now, I know that it's been really helpful to me that I've practiced uh, the use of the liturgy of the hours. And as a matter of fact, when I was still a Protestant minister, I discovered the liturgy of the hours, and that was one of the many things that the Lord used to wake me up towards the Catholic faith and the greatness of the Catholic Church. And lead you back home. Yes. And I've used lots of different devotionals over time that have helped me in my quiet time, but recently I've been using the Magnificat and how that is a great tool that leads one to intercession and and opens up the scriptures to you as well. Right, and I think it's important to say that both of these are tools, but they're based in Scripture, because the Scripture is the place, as we're communing with God, that will begin to um, have insights, greater insights, into our intercessions that we're making for other people. Okay, well, Peter, talk to us about creating a book of intentions. What does that book contain? So this has been a blessing for us, Leslie, and going on pilgrimage has shown us the importance of creating a book of intentions because we did that when we went on pilgrimage. So what exactly does a book of intentions personally contain? First of all, we want to intercede for each member of our family, praying for them by name. Secondly, in our book of intentions, Intercession for those who God is calling for me to witness to and evangelize. Thirdly, intercession for the church and her leaders. And this is so critical that we pray for our cardinals and our bishops and our priests and our deacons and our lay leaders. And of course, beginning with our Pope Francis as well. Next, in our book of intentions, we should have intercession for our country and its governmental leaders. Why? Because Paul told us in 1 Timothy chapter 2 to pray for all of those in authority, and that's really important. Also, Leslie, in our book of intentions, we've included the weak, the sick, and the disabled, widows and orphans in our own personal networks. Finally, in our book of intentions, there should be intercession for those in whom we are ministering to. Paul would always say, pray for him and for his team members. 
Okay, well, next, husband and wives have a special place for intercession, and this comes from 1 Peter 3, verse 7. This is where Peter exhorts husbands to make sure to treat their wives respectfully so their prayers are not hindered. So it's really important to understand the power of the prayer of agreement that we have if we are in, in marriage, if we are married. It says in Matthew 18, if two believers on earth agree about anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So take advantage of that at that marital bond and make sure that you are joining together as intercessors. And Leslie, that's, I think that's a real motivation to stay in unity because I know that if you and I fall out of unity to one another, the prayers that we're making together St. Peter tells us, can't be heard by the Lord. Good motivation. That's right. Uh, Fifthly, um, we use the acronym at times, ACTS, A-C-T-S, as a model for prayer. And it's interesting that you often see this model in the Psalms. If you think of your favorite psalm, and if you go in that psalm, often you'll see the psalmist giving adoration to God. That's A. Confessing his sins. C. Giving thanksgiving to God for all that he's done. And then finally, making supplications. Mm -hmm. S. Which is, right, which is our intercessions and prayers, right? Right, yep. And if you look at the Psalms, which is our ultimate prayer book, so to speak, you'll really find acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication taking place in those psalms. Sixthly, Leslie, I think when we receive the Eucharist, that this is a great time to intercede. We ha- it takes, it's a time of intimacy with the Lord, of deep intimacy, and those are the times where we can really think of that uh, those intercessions and that those book of intercession burdens that we carry and make those before the Lord. Now, this one, number seven, is really important to me that when you pray the rosary, um, dedicate the rosary that you're praying to someone that you're interceding for, or you can dedicate each decade of the rosary to a prayer intention. So this is one that I, this is dear to my heart. And then lastly, I just want to uh, make this reference in terms of our intercessions. Use intercession when you're commuting, when you're in your car. I have a person, there's a widow that I'm close to, and every time I drive past her house, it reminds me to pray for her, and I pray for her health, for uh, battling loneliness at times, what widows battle with, and then also that God would keep her healthy and strong. Okay, Peter, well, will you pray for us now that God would raise up more intercessors with the charism as well as help all of us grow in our ability to intercede throughout our prayer life? Amen to that. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus Christ's name. We thank you, Father, for the beautiful intercessory prayer that Jesus made as our great high priest that opened up his heart to show what his burden was for his followers. Please help us to become your intercessors here in the place that you've put us in. Please give us this burden, and please give us deep insight, especially during the Lenten season that we begin today, that we will be able to join you in interceding. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.
Okay, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today as we seek to connect you as individuals, your families, and your parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America, and make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy.